Our passion reading this evening comes from St. Matthew, the 27th chapter. When morning came, all the chief priests and the elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. And they bound him and led him away and delivered him over to Pilate, the governor. Then when Judas, his betrayer, saw that Jesus was condemned, he changed his mind and brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders, saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. They said, What is that to us? See to it yourself. Throwing down the pieces of silver into the temple, he departed, and he went and hanged himself. But the chief priest, taking the pieces of silver, said, It is not lawful to put them into the treasury, since it is blood money. So they took counsel and bought with them the potter's field as a burial place for strangers. Therefore, that field has been called the field of blood to this day. Then was fulfilled what had been spoken by the prophet Jeremiah, saying, And they took the thirty pieces of silver, the price of him on whom a price had been set by some of the sons of Israel, and they gave them for the potter's field, as the Lord directed me. Now Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus said, You have said so. But when he was accused by the chief priests and elders, he gave no answer. Then Pilate said to him, Do you not hear how many things they testify against you? But he gave him no answer, not even to a single charge, so that the governor was greatly amazed. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text is from Psalm 102 that we sang a few minutes ago. Here again these words. I am like a lonely sparrow on the housetop. I'm sure there's times in your life when you have felt like that lonely sparrow on the housetop alone in a big empty space without a friend in the world. But for the psalmist, this isn't just about loneliness. It's more than loneliness. It's separation. He's separated from his friends. They've left him. Some of his friends have even become enemies. And he's separated from God also, feeling the wrath and the anger of God because his sin has removed him from God's presence. And that's the impact of God's law. When God's law is at work in human hearts, in your hearts and my hearts, it crushes, it condemns, it brings loneliness and fear. The law shows humans their sin, and sin separates us from God. Sinners are not worthy to be in the presence of God. So you and I are like the psalmist, separated from our friends by our sin, broken relationships, family feuds, disagreements at work, at school, at home, at church. Sin blinds us also to our own faults. It's always somebody else's fault. 
We attack and blame others for our sin. And sin separates us from God also. When God's law looks at us, we see ourselves for what we really are, a sinner who needs to be saved. And there's no hiding from God. That's the purpose of confession and absolution. The gospel, the good news, is that God wants to forgive our sins. God wants to reconnect us to himself. God wants to save us from our sins and their consequences. We are to confess our sins to God. As we just read from Luther's small catechism, what sins are we to confess? All of our sins, even those that we're not aware of. And we do that. We do that in the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our trespasses. All of our sins. God wants us to plead guilty to every single sin, even the ones we're not aware of. And that happens also in the general confession. I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess all my sins. It happens also in private or individual confession and absolution. This confession is for the healing of the sinner's guilt, their conscience, for removal of the burden of their sin. Remember, we don't confess for God. He already knows all our sins. Rather, we confess for ourselves. We confess so that God will forgive us. As sinners, we want to hear God's forgiveness. It's not just enough to read about it. It's not enough to simply pray about it and wonder if it's really true. That's one of Satan's games that he tries to play with us. He loves to cast doubt on God's forgiveness. He loves to make us think that maybe our sins are too big or too many to be forgiven. Instead, we need to run to the forgiveness and absolution of God's word. God loves us so much, after all, that he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross to pay for our sins. And God gives us the gift of forgiveness to us and to everyone who believes in Jesus as their Lord and Savior. If Jesus died on the cross for our sins, and he did, then why do we want to cling to them? Confess them. Hear words of forgiveness from God. And then relationships are restored through confession and absolution. A relationship with God and our relationships with each other. You don't need to be a lonely sparrow on a housetop. Live with God's gift of forgiveness. Amen. And may the peace of God, which goes beyond all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Please stand.